So if you have your Bibles, uh, feel free to open to Galatians chapter 5, um, and we'll be looking at verse 22, um, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Amen. And so we've been looking at um, Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's been awesome just hearing all the different things that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. And um, faithfulness is one of those things. And so like any preacher who doesn't know where to start from, I went to the dictionary and I searched what is the definition of faithful. Um, but none of those definitions were quite what I was looking for. They weren't satisfactory enough. So what I ended up doing is pulling inspiration from a book that I read a couple years ago. It's a book titled A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. It's by a theologian named Eugene Peterson who um, passed away a couple years ago. Some of you guys might know him from um, being the guy that translated the message um, version of the Bible. And so he has this amazing book that I'd recommend to anyone. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And he borrows from um, Friedrich Nietzsche, the philosopher, in referring to faithfulness as a long obedience in the same direction. And I think that's very, very profound, you know. And so I am going to borrow that definition of faithfulness, to stay in the same direction for a very long time, also known as to stay the course. So faithfulness today, well, the, the remix version of Diana's definition of faithfulness is to stay on the same course without wavering. And I don't know about you, but this is difficult. This is very hard, I think, for any of us. But it is not impossible. And so faithfulness in the context of our faith is to stay on the same course of Christ and holding on to the hope that we have, even when it is hard and it, it is difficult. But again, it is not impossible. The fact that it is a fruit of the Spirit is an encouragement to us that it is indeed possible because God empowers us to stay on this course. It is the Holy Spirit that God has given us that gives us the power to be able to stay faithful, to be able to stay obedient in the same direction for a very long time. And so in the book I was talking about earlier by Eugene Peterson, it is a book on discipleship. And when I first opened that book, I thought, yeah, he's just going to write about discipleship as an experienced pastor. But he does something interesting. He breaks down lessons we can learn from the Psalms of Ascent, which is Psalm 120 to 134, that lessons from there that we can learn about discipleship. And so the Psalms of Ascent were the Psalms that the, the Jewish people would sing as they were going to Jerusalem to worship. And so they would hike up and worship in Jerusalem. And I don't know about you guys, but every time I hear the word hiking, the first thing that comes to my mind is don't run. <laughs> don't do it <laughs> you know um hiking is hard and it is not an activity that you ever find me doing just for fun i know some people in this church that have invited me on hikes before julie i'm talking to you <laughs> that just hike for fun and i do not understand that because hiking is hard i'd rather do anything else but hiking and so thank you <laughs> guys are all pretending like you're fit and you enjoy hiking no there's somebody like me out here but hiking is so much fun when you do it but it's not something i like to do often 
But the few times I've actually gone hiking, there's several lessons in life that I have um, taken from that from those experiences that I kind of want to bring into our sermon today. And so in the times where I've gone my against my actual instinct, um, against my better decision making and decided to go hiking, um, there's things that I have found that are helpful in staying faithful to God. And so there's a time actually that uh, a friend of mine decided for her birthday she was going to hike all the three peaks in Blantyre. And being an awesome and supportive friend that I am, I decided against my better judgment again, I'm going to help you. And so the first peak that we did was Michiru, and we did Dirande, and then we did Sochi by her birthday. And it was it was great. We did it. Um, we're here. We can tell the story. But when we did Michiru Mountain, it was, I think, January, and it was very green and very beautiful. It was us three girls all alone, which I don't think, in hindsight, I don't think was a great idea. But we went up, the three of us, and we decided we, our goal was to get to the peak. And so for those of you who've hiked Michiru, I could be wrong, but if my memory serves me right, trail four takes you to the peak, and then trail three takes you to a view. And what we didn't know, so we thought, okay, if we go to trail three, we're going to enter trail four. I mean, one, two, three, four. That makes sense. What we did not know is that's not how the trails work. And so we ended up getting to trail three only to find out that it doesn't take you to the peak. And so we asked some of the guides around and said, you need to go back to where the sign for three and four and take four. So what that meant is we eventually got to the top, but we did everything in twice the time. So we basically hiked it twice. And trail three is actually the hardest. It's for people who want to like, you know, torture themselves for fun. <laughs> Again, I do not understand that. And it was a very, very hard day. But I will never forget that day. Uh, because it taught me so much, so many lessons about life and about faith. Um, and one of the things that hiking has taught me is that you always need a game plan. And so I think with the same thing with faith and faithfulness, we need a game plan for how we're going to stay faithful. When you, take, uh, when you open your scriptures to Philippians 2, 12, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so on one hand, we have this great and powerful promise of the Holy Spirit who is going to empower us and help us to actually stay on course. But we're not passive participants to our sanctification. We're not passive participants of our own faith. We don't just get to be on the bench and be like, yeah, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father are going to play the game for me and I'll just make it to heaven. We get to participate in our own growth, in our own sanctification. And so the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we're not on the bench, we're in the game. And so how do we get to play the game? I think every game, every plan needs a good strategy and a go good game plan. And I know for sure, I don't know about you, but I know for sure now more than ever that I need a good game plan for staying faithful to Christ and to the faith that I've come to believe. Because we have so many distractions. We live in a time where we have options of not only things, but of people. So the moment I get over Lisa as a friend, I can just move on to Togo and get a new friend, you know? And same thing with spouses, same thing with jobs, same thing with school, you know. We have so many food, right? Like, oh, I'm tired of Sima today, tomorrow I'm going to have rice. Or oh, I'm tired of soya pieces today, I'm going to have eggs. 
you know it's we have so many options and options are a good thing but if we have if we want to stay faithful when it comes to staying true to our faith and staying on course to what we have come to believe about Christ we have to have a strategy that keeps us less distracted from the different options and so how do we prepare ourselves to stay believing in Christ when the excitement wears off I've been a Christian about close to seven, I'm heading towards eight years. And if you asked me in 2012 or 11, whenever it was I came to Jesus, I thought by the time I get to the eighth year, it's gonna be a breeze. Like, it's just gonna be so easy. Like, it's hard right now, but in eight years and I'm an expert Christian, it's gonna be so easy. And now I wish I could go back and be like, tell myself, no, it's easy now. It's gonna be harder then. So how do we stay believing in Christ when the initial excitement from our salvation wears off? How do we stay faithful and believing in God when life is hard and it's handing you blow after blow after blow and then it gives you a pandemic on top of that? And you're like, how? How do you stay believing in a good God when your friend dies by suicide? When you're battling a chronic illness? When your mom is sick and you don't know what you can do, how do you still stay believing in the goodness of God? How do we stay faithful and believe in God when you're struggling to believe the Bible? When you have massive questions and massive doubts and things that you, you know there's answers for, but it's just so hard to believe. I think these are all real struggles that we all have. These are struggles that I have. One of the things I often find distracting me from following Jesus is even when you find more attractive ideas. You know, I'm somebody who loves to read. I love to study. I want to learn the, you know, next best thing. But sometimes the next best thing pales when you compare it to an ancient faith. But this is an ancient faith I know is true. I have testimony of what I have believed. But sometimes other things seem more attractive. I've heard some honest married people, I don't know if there's any in this room, that are honest enough to admit that sometimes their wife of 50 years pales in comparison to, you know, a 25-year-old. And it's tempting, I'm sure. I wouldn't know, you know. But I'm sure it's tempting or not. I don't know. You guys all seem like saints in this room. <laughs> Um, but it is hard to stay on the same course and stay true to the same thing over and over and over again. And so this morning, I want to propose that perhaps the way in which we can stay faithful, more importantly to our faith, because it, it affects how we stay faithful to other things, right? We stay faithful to our faith, we can stay faithful to our job, we can stay faithful to our spouse, we can stay faithful to our friends, we can stay faithful to our own selves in the midst of trials and tribulations. And so I want to suggest some three points that make up part of what I call the faithfulness game plan. Things that are going to help us to stay on course. Things that are, if we hold on to them, could actually help us make it to the very end. And I'm going to be referring back to hiking because as much as I hate it so much, it is so helpful. Because there's highs and lows when it comes to hiking. And the same thing with life. Life has highs and lows highs and lows 
So in the faithfulness game plan, the first thing I would say, like any good experienced hiker such as myself would tell you, is you have to prepare for the journey. And so if you're going to hike Michiru or Mulanje, those are not the same things, right? You're not going to prepare the same way. I, I'm pretty sure I could hike Michiru today, even though I haven't hiked in months. But I would die if I attempted to do the same with Mulanje. So I have to prepare for the journey. And part of preparing for the journey is getting the right tools. These shoes are great, but they're not great for hiking. If you guys have any expert hiker, Ben is not here, but Ben hikes a lot. And he's got the shoes, he's got, I don't know what are those like staff things that, you know, professional hikers use. They've got all the right tools. They've got backpacks where you can fill in the water in the backpack. Like, I don't know, but you get the right tools. So with our faith, if we're trying to make it to the long haul, what are the right tools for our faith? I think the greatest tool that we have is the scriptures the Bible. And I think it's so beautiful because the Bible gives us all the tools. It gives us prayer. It gives us words of wisdom, encouragement, rebuke. It even gives us testimonies of people who have gone on this journey before us. It gives us pieces of advice from saints who have succeeded at this journey and their recommendations to say, if you want to make it, here's what I did, and I'm sure this is going to help you. The scriptures are the greatest tool that we have when it comes to preparing for faithfulness, for staying on course. And the second thing is finding the right companions. See, when I was with my friends hiking, it got to a point before we even got to any peaks whatsoever where I was like, okay, guys, this has been fun. Let's go back. Like, there's multiple times where I was climbing and I was just like, What's wrong with just turning back? Like, you know, they say that life is not about the destination, it's about the journey. We've done the journey, let's go. <laughs> but my friends were motivated and encouraged to keep on going, right? My one friend, she really wanted to see the peak. And so she was like, I'm not turning back until I see the peak. My other friend was just like such a motivational speaker, if I can call her that, because she was encouraging me. But guess what? There's times where I was encouraging them too. Shocking to me, you know, because I don't believe much about myself when it comes to hiking. But there's things that they're great at that I am not. And there's things I'm great at that they're not. And so we were able to balance each other out. And even when we got to Trail 3, and I was like, you know what? Let's accept defeat and just go back. I mean, we have made it to a certain top. It's not the ultimate top, but it is a top. But we were able to remind each other to say, Let's continue. We want to see the top. Let's, we can do it. We can encourage each other. And I think it's the same thing with the faith. Imagine if I was with other people just like me. Like one kilometer into Michiru would have turned back, you know, and just given up. And it's like, we did the journey. It's fine. We didn't reach the top. It's fine. We didn't reach our goal. It's fine. But because I had good people surrounding me who were an encouragement to me when I was weak, and that was an encouragement to them when they were weak, we were able to make it. And I think one of the greatest tools and resources that God has given us is other people to journey with. See, even in the Psalms of Ascent, the Israelites were not, you know, 
going solo, like every man for himself, God for us all. They were going together as communities, as families. It was a team effort. It was a team sport. And I think the Christian life, more than any other thing in this world, is definitely a team sport. As much as it is about our relationship with God, it is also about our relationship together with our God. And so we need each other. The single people in this church, we need the married people. The married people need us. We need to spend time with your kids. Your kids need to spend time with us. You need to spend time with us. The men and the women, the engaged couples and the couple that has been married for 100 years, we all need each other, right? We all need that companionship. And I think I love, I absolutely love how diverse our community is. Like, it's one of my favorite things. Like, even sitting here and seeing so many generations sitting together in a church, for me, that is, that is heaven. It is beautiful. But I want to challenge us a step further to say, all this diversity means nothing if we're not in each other's lives. Those are some amends that I'm not getting from me all coming in. God's got me. But this diversity means nothing if we're not doing life with each other. And perhaps the greatest diversity that we have is the diversity we can all see here, race. And for the past, I think, four or five years, race has been a point of contention for many people across the world. There's been people who have even been like, man, if that's how Christians treat one another, I, I don't want to be part of it. There's times where I've felt that. You know, I've known Christians who are like, man, if that's how you treat another person who looks like me, then I'm not going to, how are you going to treat me if you treat my brother like that? But I think we get a chance to be different. We get a chance to reflect something different, and that is the kingdom of God. That whether black or white or Asian, we can meet together and see each other as made in the image of God and behold one another's image of God by being in community with each other. And so we have one another for companions. We have one another to meet here every Sunday. And for me personally, this companionship matters so much, not just every Sunday, but especially on Sundays. I've been here at Flood for a little over a, a year and a half, so maybe like a year and four months. And before I came to Flood, I was a, in a place where I was pretty much a wounded soldier. That's how I would explain myself. I had reached a point where I'd been hurt by some people um, who believed in God, and I really just felt like I'm very kicked and down and I'm out, you know? And if it was up to me, I wouldn't go to any other church and be part of any other church because it was church people that did hurt me. And I remember talking to Yami and being like, you know what, I'm going to be coming simply because I know it's the right thing to do and not really because I want to. But being here at a point where I was broken and most vulnerable from to turn away, and I love turning away, as you guys have, have heard me say today. I was at a point where I was ready to just be like, Jesus and your people, I'm out. Peace. You know, but coming here every single Sunday and receiving the love that I came here at Flood and received that I didn't know I needed. 
being in the congregation together and singing songs that remind us of what is true. Because in that moment, there was a lot of lies. I was hearing a lot of lies in my own head from the voices of the enemy. And I was taking that in. It was important for me to be around people who help me hear the truth of God. Who will sing together the truth of God. Who will pray the truth of God over one another. Who will hear the truth of God. Who will meet each other during the week for coffee to hear the truth of God. Who will hold each other up when it's hard. Who will cheer on each other when it's good. That is what it means to have companions for this journey. And God has given us each other. And I want to challenge us to take on those companionships. Let us be friends with each other. Let us encourage each other. Let us cheer each other on. And then the last thing is, number three of the game plan, is have the end goal in mind. Like every hike, you know you're going to get somewhere, you know. If your point is to have the toughest hike ever, God bless you, I'll pray for you. But for most of us, we hike to get to the top, right? So when me and my friends finally, three hours later, one way, <laughs> made, us, made, it, made our way to Michiru, and I wish we had a projector because I still have those pictures of this beautiful view of Blantyre from all angles. You know, I could see every part of Blantyre, and it's a view I've never seen quite before in the city and it is it is so so beautiful and that was our end goal in mind and when we got to that point we're like forget the pain you know forget the turning back i'm so glad i didn't turn back because this view is definitely worth it and the same thing with our faith we have a greater end goal in mind our greater end goal is to be with jesus to be with god the father to be with the Holy Spirit in heaven. To be in a place that is pain-free, where God has communion with us and we have communion, perfect communion with God. To be in a place where all our tears will be wiped away, where there is perfect justice. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a dream? <laughs> It's more than just a dream. It could be our reality. But we have to stay on the course. What awaits us at the end of faithfulness is our perfect commu community and communion with God. And so that is the game plan. Three simple things that can help us stay faithful. See, three simple things that can help us stay on course. Three simple things that can help us Stay obedient for a very long time. Prepare for the journey. Find companions for the journey. Also be a good companion, right? Because people are not just there to serve you. We're there to serve one another. And lastly, have the end goal in mind. And so church, this morning I want to challenge you. In light of all these three things, where do you feel like, man, I haven't really put in enough time for this? Is it preparing for the journey? Do you need to um, make yourself familiar with the Bible and its truth? Do you need to find good friends? Well, yes, Toko says yes. <laughs> Look no further than this tent right here. 
you know, reach out to somebody. Guys, Toko wants some friends. Before she leaves, please make sure she at least has one coffee date for this week. Make friends. I want to put myself out there and say I love hanging out with people. And so I want to have coffee with one of you guys this week. And so somebody, please, you know, be the one person that's like, I don't want you to be embarrassed and go home with no one, you know, offering to meet with you for coffee. And so I'm going to do it to feel sorry for you. Do it to feel sorry for me. But find companions, make friends, and have the end goal in mind. We should never lose focus of our end goal. It is the end goal that brought us into this faith. It is the end goal that keeps us in this faith. And it is the end goal that makes every single thing worth it. The trials, the tribulation, the suffering, the joys. Everything is worth it when we think of the end goal. And more importantly, we have the Holy Spirit to help us stay faithful. We're not in this alone. I can quote from the great, you know, musical piece, high school musical one. <laughs> We're all in this together. And that together being us together and the Holy Spirit. That was not part of the script, but I just had to put it in there. But we're all in this together, and the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is empowering us. The Holy Spirit is working in our hearts to make sure we're bearing the fruit of faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, love, peace, and joy. And perhaps that should be an encouragement for us this morning, to keep on going. Stay the course. Don't turn back. And if you feel like turning back, tell your friend, don't just turn back. Be like, yo, bro, I'm about to turn back. Please help me. Please help me, I'm drowning. There are so many people who are here to help you. Don't don't drown alone. We've got Caitlin, we've got Prince and Smoo, we've got Alfred, we've got Zach, and we've got so many people who would love to pray for you. And so don't leave here feeling like you're drowning and you've got nobody to talk to. And I want to invite the worship team back up here for them to do their thing. And I think Caitlin's going to be back there if anyone wants to be prayed for. And as they're coming, let us pray. Can I ask us to stand, actually, and pray? Let's close our eyes and pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you have not left us comfortless. You have sent us the ultimate friend the Holy Spirit, who is working in our hearts, working in our lives to help us to stay on this course that you have called us to. And Jesus, today, I want to pray for every single one of us. We're coming here this morning with, in different places, some of us are on epic highs, some of us are on the lowest lows. Some of us are just floating in the middle, trying to keep life afloat. But I ask that, Lord, you would meet us wherever we are this morning. God, I ask and I pray that we would not leave this place the same. That, Lord, in the middle of our journey, would be reminded that you are our greatest companion. That, Lord, you are the end goal. I pray for anyone who needs to speak to somebody today that Lord you would give them the courage to reach out to somebody 
And I pray that, Lord, our community would be one where we have companions everywhere, one where we're doing life together and building authentic relationships. I thank you, Lord, for this morning. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus.